Welcome to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. Hi. I think you have to accept the recording first. Don't you? I don't think so. I think it was recording, but now people have that information. <laughs> well, because every time I hit, hit record when I'm doing like an online posing with a client, it does that this meeting's being recorded and they have to actually hit accept or it doesn't record. It was recording, but here oh. we are. So, okay. we're now so hi, it's a good thing we're recording. <laughs> hi, everybody. So clearly it's been a long time since we've done this and we have no, f we still I'm not going to even say we don't have any idea. We still don't have any idea what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> we shouldn't well, take that long of a break because then it makes it even worse. <laughs> I don't think anybody comes here expecting professionalism. So we have that going. Oh, I also forgot to hook up my microphone. So hopefully, oh, well. So here we are in August. Long. We've made it to August, 2021. Yep. It is August 16th, right? 2021. <laughs> uh, the summer is almost over. The fall shows are starting. Yeah, so um, we are just popping in to actually do a show review. Yep. Because uh, we just released actually a big series that hopefully everybody's binged of eight episodes of the Fit Fanny Project. Yep. So um, through the summer, we're just going to pop in, summer and fall pop in when we have show reviews or whatnot happening. And this is the first one because we just came back from the OCB show. Presidential Cup. Yep. In, in Baltimore. Baltimore, promoted by uh, Bobby and Jess Cavino, who are uh, two of our favorite promoters because they always put on a great show. So they also do the OCB Chesapeake Classic. So we were there last fall, you know, one of the few shows we were able to <clears throat> get off the ground in 2020 fall. And this is actually um, Bobby and Jess's first time promoting the Presidential Cup. So a little history on the Presidential Cup. It is. I actually think it is the OCB's longest running show. I think it started in 2004, um, maybe three. It might've been three. Um, somebody can correct me on that. Um, but it, I know it was the very first show I ever went to in 2004. Um, and so I've pretty much gone to every single OCB presidential cup since it's been through one, two, three, three promoters prior to uh, Bobby and Jess. And um, in fact, I was going back back and forth with Bobby today. He's like, did you say mine was the best ever? Because <laughs> I had made a comment <laughs> on social media. And I said, well, you definitely brought it back to its glory because it had, because um, it was like hashtag brought it back to its glory or something. I was going back and forth with um, somebody on social media. But I said, um, definitely up there with one of the best. I mean, I, you know, I can't say that when, you know, Matt Shepley was promoting it back in, I mean, Matt Shepley, you know, brings an A game to like every single show ever promoted. But um, yeah, so it used to be in the DC area. It was never, well, it was in DC, DC, DC for a couple of years under somebody else's promotion. Those were not my favorite shows. That promoter was not my favorite, but um then prior to that, it was in the D.C. area, i.e. closer to where I live, which I also love. <laughs> so um, anyway, this year it was in Baltimore, brand new venue, um, all that brand new promoter. Um, and I know that um, from conversations with him over the last six, seven months, like he struggled to find a venue still because schools, you know, at the time that they had to, you know, all the promoters trying to do their shows for this year, they try to get their venues like 
last year, right? Like, and like, so I know that it was really hard for them to find venues because shit was still, schools were shut down and a lot of promoters use schools. Um, and, uh, so I know it was a little bit of a struggle, uh, for him to find a venue, but I thought the venue was great. It's called center stage. I really thought that there, there was a good omen mm-hmm. with the fact that the venue was called center stage in Baltimore. Um, so yeah, so I think the venue itself was great. Um, what'd you think? Well, I was going to start, start at the beginning. We had a fun start to the entire weekend when, we get to Baltimore. We're a block away from the hotel. A fire truck comes by and the people next to us oh God, smash yeah. into each other. So yeah, like somebody just rams a car in front of them and then the guy gets out ready to fight. And I was like, okay, we're in inner city DC or uh, Baltimore. And <laughs> <The other one. laughs> I was like, we got to go like, get out of here. So then we, well, and so I missed that. So mm-hmm. I guess because I'm, I'm driving and mm-hmm. I'm like trying to figure out where the fuck I am. And I know you said, Oh my God, that guy's going to shoot that guy. I was like, yep. what are you talking I'm like, about? Get out of here. <laughs> oh no, we got to go. But then as we finally pulled up to the, you're right, we should, we should take a step back because the adventures of Brandy and Tina getting into Baltimore city. Um, so as we pull up to the hotel, yeah, can't find parking. So we're like, well, let's drive around the hotel, see if there's parking, which clearly there wasn't. But as we're pulling in front of the hotel, there is this, God, I mean, I, this homeless couple crossing the street with carrying, it looked like all the worldly possessions, including a 60 inch television. I think they were carrying somebody's worldly possessions. possessions, I do not believe they were theirs because sadly they were very strung out on drugs. All I saw was the world's smallest, mangiest looking dog on a leash, not being held by anybody's hand. So the dog is following them. And then I, this car, car comes, comes by like oh 60 God. miles an hour. I thought this car, I mean, I literally like covered my eyes and was yep. like, oh, oh my God. I, I thought was the like, woman oh God, had been run over. Oh they, my God. The couple had no idea. Completely. Oh, they were oblivious. Completely oblivious. So then of course we turn the same place they turn and watch her put down her TV and begin negotiating with somebody else who's clearly strung out. And I was like, let's just get out of here because we're about to see a drug deal. Right. So that was <laughs> and we're right not on, even in the hotel yet. That was right at the corner of the hotel. I'm like, so. I just I'm like, we've got to find a gated place to park because there's no way this gets better as it gets dark. <laughs> well, and you know, and so so we did finally, you know, there was absolutely no parking. Um, this was the Holiday Inn Express downtown Baltimore on um was it North Gay Street, I think it was. Yeah. And um now I will say on the inside the hotel I thought it was pretty. It was, it was an old bank. It, an it was old, yeah, old historic. Sort of bank. historic and old and kind of cool and you know like in that. And I will give props because my biggest frustration with anything in the city is like one getting there and not getting killed and two parking. Uh-huh. So there was nowhere to park. But as we were checking in, the lovely woman behind the front desk, whose name is also Tina, clearly yeah. in open. Um, she was like, oh, I'll move my car. You can have my parking space. And I was like, okay, above and beyond much. I'll take it. Thank you very yeah. much. And she actually did. So we had a place to park. It wasn't exactly gated because really anybody could have come in there. But, um, and then, oh, and then. So it was lovely. Like once you got inside and stayed inside the hotel, it was lovely. No The room was great. There. The room was great. Outside was very dangerous, but it made for good people watching. 
the entire time because you could just look out your window and see all sorts of humanity happening. Yeah, the juvenile detention center was right oh, yes. across the street. Mm -hmm. I mean, as were... was two police stations, so you could watch the cops at the gas station, the police gas station. Yeah. So you could watch mm -hmm. a lot happening there. So yeah. anyway, thought I would start with that that fun story. Should that happen at that venue next year? I guess people can be emotionally prepared for inner city happenings before you go. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, I, I know I won't stay at that hotel again, but that is not because the hotel was bad. The hotel itself was great. And it was actually really close to the venue, but. Oh, it was very, very loud. I could not, I got zero sleep because the highway also ran directly in front of the hotel and yeah. they were legitimately filming Fast and the Furious all night long. They were drag racing up and down the highway. And, yeah. And look, rough. I can sleep the country sounds, but I cannot, you know, like give me peeper frogs and roosters and crickets and shit, but I can't sleep to, to Fast and Furious. Drag racing, not it was a lot for me. It was a lot. <clears throat> so we got through that. Everybody got through that. <laughs> um everybody survived it everybody survived it <laughs> <laughs> thankfully and uh we got to the venue so you want to talk about the show yeah um so we had four athletes in the show so we had um charlene doing figure it was her second show we had um kelly doing uh bikini as her amateur show to warm up for her first her pro debut in September. We had Monique who did bikini in her very first show. Um, <clears throat> and then we had Joanna who was also doing bikini in her very first show. So those were our athletes. And it was um, a big show, we should say. There was mm -hmm. 80 some people, a good majority of that, 29 I believe, were men's pros. Yeah. And granted, I didn't actually watch any of the men's pro. Mm -hmm. I mean, I got a little bit of a full a report from Eric. Um, and just walking backstage, I was like, holy oh. macaroni balls. You want to talk about pass out walking around backstage. <laughs> that is legit. There was a lot of um, man meat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, was, I mean, sorry, men. I don't think we have many men, yeah, listeners, but, but I mean, there was a lot I, of that going on backstage. I'm I was glad a, I wasn't a male bodybuilder this weekend having to compete with that. No. Any of that. Cause you'd see like one guy walk by and you're like, holy crap, holy crap. Holy, Holy crap. crap. Holy, Holy crap. crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there was some definitely, um, Eric said that there were some really good quality amateur men too. So, and when you're backstage, because they did the men first, I mean, you, you don't know who was amateur and who was pro. So there was definitely some good quality athletes. Um, so yeah, it was a decent sized show. I think it was about 80 people total um, and 29 of those being pro. That's a, that's a big pro men's mm -hmm. uh, stuff going on there. Um, the venue, like I said, was called uh, Baltimore Center Stage, I think, mm -hmm. um, which I guess is like a historic like playhouse or something. I think they a, do a performing like, arts performing arts center. Um, the venue itself, I mean, parking was easy. It was right across the street. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it only cost us seven bucks for the day. It really wasn't bad at all. Yeah. It had a um, great like reception area. It's the first show I've been to where they have a separate like coffee bar, which yeah. was amazing and fun. I think you could also get wine there, but yep, I thought um, about it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I thought the venue was great. The backstage was a little rough, but everybody <laughs> knew why. And people just got creative. And you know, I kind of love that. So when we walked backstage, it was the backstage of this performing arts center filled with all the things that they normally would have back there. 
Yeah. And there wasn't a lot of space for competitors, but you know, I didn't hear people freaking out. Everybody was just kind of like, well, let's find a place to be. You know, there wasn't yeah. really a lot of complaining and bitching and moaning and getting angry. It was just like, all right. So we were in a stairwell for part of the time, mm -hmm. you know, people just got creative and made it work, which, you know, maybe even in the long run for COVID wasn't that bad because people ended up, I think, more spread out because they went and found separate corners to live in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all in all, it wasn't bad. And I know, again, talking to Bobby, <clears throat> he said that, you know, they were supposed to have cleared all that stuff out, which actually would have made for a nice big backstage area. Yeah. Um. So he said he was in the process of sending nasty grams <laughs> to yeah, the people, I mean, you know, well, they, you know, we pay a lot of money for these venues when you promote a show. So if they say they're going to clear that shit out, they should clear that shit out. But um, overall, I think the venue was great. From the audience perspective, I mean, oh, the lighting was fantastic. The stage was huge. Mm -hmm. um, there was a there was balcony seating, and actually had really good view of the stage from the balcony. Um, so yeah, I think you know, there's plenty of room for people. You know, no risk of like selling out. Lots of you know, not people aren't on top of each other. Um, really. Uh, able to you know see people can see their athletes from pretty much everywhere um so yeah so I, I think all in all the venue itself was was really good and it was actually pretty easily accessible from you know wherever you're coming in from from out of town they live streamed it I think they had a couple of issues with live streaming because of music rights but that has happened with live streaming before I think they were able to get it back up and running at, at um, some point um <clears throat> so um, oh, well, let's let's touch on some of the other logistics because we always do that when we do a show review. So tanning was Yvette with Body Beautiful Bronzing. Um, and as always, like bar none, the best tanning, in my opinion. And I go to a lot of shows and I've seen a lot of tans. Um, so everybody's tans, I think, looked flawless. Um, mm -hmm. Even... Uh, you know, a couple people who, you know, had some splotchiness or whatever, sweating overnight and everything was fixed by the time they got on stage. Mm -hmm. um, Maliki and her sister uh, were the makeup artists for the show, the show makeup artists. Um, so half of, two of our athletes got their makeup done with Maliki. I think, she, you know, as always, she does a, a phenomenal job. Um, and two of our athletes, um, used, uh, their own makeup artist who's actually going to come with us to the August 28th show. Her name's Tyler. So we're kind of giving her a, a test run as a team makeup artist for a couple of our athletes in, uh, at the next show on August 28th. So that was tanning and makeup venue was great. Mm -hmm. Um, overall, you know, uh, I would say very well run. So very well organized. Um, yeah, the there was no playing around. There was no, no playing around. in fact, I think, I feel like it might've got even a little teensy bit rushed at the end, but, but not so much that I was like, okay, slow the fuck down. I was like, Oh, look at, we're going to get out of here by four. This is great. Right, right. Um, so I didn't, you know, I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like it was so rushed that like people weren't getting judged fairly or anything like that. Not, not at all. Um, no, they're just like, sometimes there's a lot of lag time that's not needed in the shows and extra right. breaks and screwing around. And that frustrates a lot of people. And there was really none of none that. Of that. It was just keep going, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. Yeah. So, you know, from our perspective, when you have to sit through a, a thousand of these a year, it's, you know, I, I don't, I don't like lag time. <laughs> I want to just right. get in and get out. I'm like, right. you I mean, know, 
So they, they, you know, the expediters did a great job. I know Bobby uses, I, I do not know the guy's name. I really need to ask him his name because the same at every show. Every show. Every damn show. They did a great job. Um, judging, I thought, was very fair. I didn't see mm-hmm. anything. Uh, granted, I did not watch the men, but I didn't see anything from the women's judging perspective nope. that I was like, huh? Were we watching the same people? Because right. sometimes it happens, right? Um, I really think everything was fell the way it should have. I mean, at least, you know, in my, my expert-ish opinion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and there was a lot of good competition. There really wasn't like there was competition in every class, fair yep. competition. There wasn't a lot of people on stage really like what is happening right there. Like everybody, you know, is really um, professional and squared away. And uh, I guess professional in as far as a competition perspective across the board. It was really nice to watch actually um, from audience member because there wasn't any cringeworthy moments. And even some of the classes, me watching it, I'm like, I'm not sure how this is going to happen when a lot of times as an audience member, you watch it and there's like one clear standout, you know, and it gets kind of boring in that sense. But it was fair competition across the board and you really got a good sense of the classes, I think. Mm -hmm because it was a lot of appropriate people in the appropriate classes. You know, sometimes, you know, you'll have a physique class that's full of bikini competitors or (laughs) something that looks vice versa. But I think it was a really good representation of the sport across the board. Yeah, I I think so too. And I, you know, I do think that, you know, the, like I said, I I think that judging, there's always like a placement or two where I could be like, well, could go this way, could go that way and and not feel super strongly about it either way. Um, But aside from that, I, yeah, I, I definitely, I I think, I think the judging was great. I think it was a good judging panel. Um, I know one of the things, you know, in case people don't know that the OCB implemented this year, um, to keep things more on the up and up that, uh, so for example, so when it, cause Eric judges a lot of the local shows. So, but because I have clients in the show, neither myself or Eric could judge my clients. So what that meant is Eric only judged men. So he had to have some, they had, Bobby had to have somebody else come and sit at the judges table to judge women so that it doesn't look like there is any sense of favoritism. And I know that um, Frank, who's the head judge, his wife, Erin, had several clients in the show. So he also sat out for those classes. So they have kind of like fill-in judges for those things. Um, You know, while I know it's a pain in the butt for uh, promoters to try to find, you know, (laughs) extra judges, because it's hard to find quality judges to begin with. But I mean, at least it sort of takes that... um, sort of favoritism politics thing visual that people think happens at shows, which doesn't really happen, but um, at least from a per- perception perspective um, that takes that bias out of there. <clears throat> um, what else? Anything else from like a logistics standpoint before we talk about our individual athletes? No, nope, I think that's good. Let's talk about our athletes and how that all turned out for us. So let's start with, um, let's start with Monique and, um, this was her very first show and she has a long history with us. Mm -hmm. So can you remember back that far? Cause she started with you in our jumpstart program. She started with me in the fall of 2019, pre pandemic. 
if I'm yes. remembering correctly. I think like September, October, November, something in there before school shut down. Um, yeah. And she, she had been you playing around some other things, some other kind of commercial programs um, and came to us just sort of wanting to fill out, feel out what this could be about. Right. And that's Are you, that. everything. Okay. <laughs> and there's right. that you look distracted. Is there little the, the dog just somehow opened a door and I'm not sure how that <laughs> I'm happened. Like, what is, what's, what's happening? <laughs> she, is like, there a ghost? I don't, I don't know what's know going how on. The dog opened the door, but anyway. <laughs> so, so she, Monique was initially supposed to do a beach body competition right. in July of 2020. I think it was July. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, as we know what happened in 2020, everything got, her fluffled. So, <laughs> so that didn't happen. Um, and then, um, a lot of stuff happened COVID wise. She was living in New York city at the time. Um, at the time she still lives in New York city. She actually ended up with COVID. Um, there was a lot of, I think some stress eating involved and some other shenanigans. Um, but basically came back in the, uh, winter and we had a pretty, significant amount of weight to lose at that time so we were we were we we started I'm gonna say she was close to like 165 in the mm -hmm. in the winter yep and uh originally she was going to compete in the spring and um she was making really good progress and then went on a trip to um her uh hometown Guyana um, and I think she was gone for about two weeks and it was just incredibly difficult for her to stay on track. I mean, where they were was literally like, and again, we're still in the middle of COVID, right? So it's like, was able to travel, but can't like, there are no getting to gyms. It's like, you know, so things just kind of fell apart a little bit th those couple weeks. But then I will say she came back from that and we reset her competition date to October. Nope. August, right? <laughs> <laughs> we to August, and she was a fucking freight train. Like it, she just like nailed, 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 nailed. Um, and there was like not one blip. I mean, she just she just nailed it once she got back. Um, and yeah, she she came in. I think looking great, especially considering where she started and the amount Fantastic. of time we had to uh, make progress in. Um, and she placed, um, fourth and fifth in, uh, her debut and her, uh, master's classes. She did, she, um, she came in under the top or, you know, outside of the top five in her open and her novice classes, but I think she made a great showing. Her presentation is like so fun to watch. She's so sassy. She's so beautiful. And this is a woman in her um, upper forties, right. She's on the back end of her forties, um, and her being her first competition. So I think she has, you know, potential to do well, you know, continuing on if she decides she wants to compete. Oh so. yeah. She had such a fun stage presence to watch because yeah. she just got up there. Like she does it every day of the week, right? It was, I think she does do it every day of the week. <laughs> I think she's been practicing so much. But not um, in front of an audience, you know, and things change when people get in front of an audience. Yes. And she really presented as somebody who, it was not her first show, right? Yeah. She was unfazed by all the faces looking at her and the lights. And she was just up there having a genuinely good time, which is what I love to watch. Yeah. There's so much discussion backstage. Like there's people losing it backstage. 
And, you know, I felt like I had the conversation at least 20 times Saturday of like, this is, has to be fun for you. Like this is for fun. This has to be for fun. You have to keep it in that uh, vein in your mind that this, that you're having a good time. So go out and have a good time. Right. I mean, and like it really totally, did it and I loved it. It's totally normal to be nervous. Like, you know, that that's fine. But if you're not having fun, right. If they have a show, then you shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing it at all. But she, um, and I tell clients this all the time, exactly what you just said judges and I from a judge from a uh, coach's perspective yes I have sat at many judges tables also and just from a spectator's perspective I want to keep my I want to have my eyes on people who look like they are genuinely overjoyed to be on stage like, have, like genuinely having a good time like there was a woman who came out every time so I was sitting at the top because I could there was a back hallway I could run from the backstage up to see and she had there was four or five little kids sitting up there and this woman came out every time and is waving and smiling. They were all her kids. And it was just like, it was so fun to watch them have fun, watch her have fun. And that's what it's supposed to be about. But Monique, yep. back to Monique, she very much had that vibe that she's like, yep, this is what I came for. And I, yeah. I loved watching it. And she had a huge uh, contingent of family that mm-hmm. came in. People flew in, drove in from New York, had big signs for her and everything. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so that was great. Monique did great in her first show experience. Um, all right. Who do we want? Who do you want to talk talk about next? You start. Well, I checked about Charlene. So she was the only figure competitor. So she actually went on before the bikini girls. That's true. Probably could have started with Charlene. So Charlene, um, came to me as a posing client when she did her first show in February of 2015. So I had been posing her for a number of months before she hit the stage for the very first time. And nope, uh, that's a lie. February, 2020. So it was right before the, every, she got, it was like one of the two or three shows that happened right before COVID shut everything down. So God, my dates are so awful. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 2020, she started working with me on her reverse and into kind of like, you know, a, a building season um, immediately after her first time on stage. Cause it wasn't really, uh, I don't think she had a, a great experience uh, coaching wise. Um, so anyway, so I've been working with her since then. And I'll tell you, she's another one. I mean, just tremendous uh, progress. And we didn't have as long a period between shows as I would like between a client coming off of one show and going into the next, because everybody knows we talk about taking a significant amount of time off in between shows so that, um, you know, you're, uh, you recover your metabolism and you're able to build more muscle and um, so I would say it was a little bit of a shorter time frame than I like between shows, which I think made her, um, prep a little bit more of a struggle to, uh, to get her lean enough. But I will tell you, she took it like a fucking champ. I mean, I had to, uh, her, her prep was rough. Right? I mean, I'm not going to lie. We're talking about very low calories and a lot of cardio. Um, and again, sort of being stressing the importance of taking a significant amount of time off between shows. So you don't have to do that. Um, but it was severe, but she took it. She never complained to me anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I know that, I know that what, what was actually really cool is that, um, her and Monique became a really great, they, they've never met before. They Mm -hmm. just met because they were, you know, teammates and, uh, realized they were both doing the same show and they were both, um, they both, ending up having to do like 
morning and uh, night cardio. And so they were supporting each other through that, like literally getting each other up and going um, every morning and in the afternoon, keeping each other going. So, um, you know, just what I think is one of the benefits of kind of like, you know, meeting some of your teammates, even if you've never met before and really keeping each other going. Right. I mean, yeah, I think it's really were, fun to see that they were a tremendous support system for each other. So anyway, so back to Charlene. So she competed. Um, so because she had actually placed first in her in debut in her debut class in her very first show, she was only eligible to compete in masters or open. So she couldn't do any novice or anything else because this was her second show. Um, she looked absolutely gorgeous. Suit the red suit, little bit of red in her hair. I mean, she's super sassy and, you know, fun to begin with. Um, and, uh, she ended up coming in third in her, um, open class. It was a pretty stacked open class. Mm -hmm. I actually, I probably would have had her in second. I definitely called the first place winner. I mean, there was no doubt that 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 check was shredded. So that was happening. That was happening no matter what anybody else thought. Um, but then she won her master's class and she earned her master's pro card by winning her master's class. So, um, that was pretty exciting for her. I don't think she even realized that had happened. That that was a thing. (laughs) That that was a thing until I told her she had to go pee in a cup and she was like, wait, what, why? (laughs) Right. And she's like, oh my God, I did what, what does that even mean? Um, so I think she was, she was really, uh, surprised by that, but I think it well-deserved. Um, and so we are headed in two weeks. She's going to compete again at the August 28th show, the OCB battle for the belt up in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Um, she actually had the option to compete as a pro because it's a master's pro show up there, but we decided we're going to stick with amateur for now. Um, yeah. Get her, try to get her a little bit leaner for that show. I need to figure some stuff out for her peak week. Um, and uh, see if I can't figure out how to bring her in a little bit sharper for the next show in two weeks. <clears throat> but she made a tremendous showing. So she was our only figure competitor in that show. Yep. She, she's gorgeous and she'll continue to do awesome this whole season. Yes. Her back is like crazy. Um, all right. And then next up, we will talk about Joanna. Mm-hmm. So Joanna did bikini and this is her very first show. So she competed in debut, novice and open. And she earned uh, a second, third, and fourth placing in those classes, respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I've been working with her since January. Um, and she, what's really cool about Joanna is she, it's not, it's not cool that she's a super high stress person. That's not the part mm-hmm. that's really cool. What's really cool is I think that through this process, not only did she, you know, transform her physique, she used to be a marathoner. So she's another mm-hmm. one, you know, we've had a lot of marathoners transition into weightlifting and get into, you know, bodybuilding physique competitions, which I always think is cool. Her body soaked up weightlifting like a freaking sponge. Um, I mean, I just, you know, she's, she's long and lean, but she's mm-hmm. got really good shape and size for her long lead physique. And just, you know, she's really young too. So she has a, you know, a lot of years ahead of her and weight train, you know, weightlifting to, to really put on some more size. Um, but she really learned how to manage her stress through this process. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just a, Oh, here's your macros. Here's your training. Like go, go, go do great things. Right. Like it was week to week helping to teach her how to manage her stress from work. Cause she's a, you know, a very stressful job. Um, she's got a lot of family stuff going on. So, 
Um, that was really cool to kind of watch her transition through that. Not just the physique changes that she made, but she, her suit. Oh my God. I, if I had to pick like my favorite color suit on a human, I just loved that blue suit on her. Yeah. Loved, love, love it. She looked gorgeous. I, I mean, she has, you know, jet black hair. Um, and that, that Royal blue, I think just really popped. I think, um, she showed really well on stage for her first time on stage. You would have never known it was her first time on Mm -hmm. stage. She looked really natural, genuinely looked like she was having fun. And I know after, you know, talking to her after the stage, she definitely was. She was just like, Oh my God, like I can't believe, you know, can't believe I did it. And, um, so, you know, I, I really hope, you know, we had some other shows planned for her this year, but she had some family emergency happen literally the day of the show. Um, so, as of right now, she's backing out of the planned shows, but we're kind of, we're doing a, a very, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking at? Conservative reverse diet so that we kind of not hold her here necessarily, but could jump into a show later yeah. on in the season if, if you know, if, uh, if she's able to. So um, that's kind of our plan right now. Plans up in the air as far as any other shows, but she had two more shows planned. So we'll, we'll see what happens with the rest of the season and just kind of praying for her family. Cause there's a lot of stuff going on there. But so then we had Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do we say about Kelly? So first of all, if you've never heard Kelly's story, you can go back and actually listen to the whole podcast on Kelly um, Kelly Dickin. So I don't know the podcast number, but it's called um, From Party Girl to Bikini Pro. Right? Yep. So she started with you in Jumpstart too. So, so which I couldn't even tell you background on, on that, if you can remember back that far in 2017, October 2017. I know that much. Was it 2017? Sure was, because that's what the pictures are from. And that's the only way reason I know is because I've got those very first oh. pictures I took of her in our console, October 2017. Wow. It took her two years to get on stage the first time. Yeah. Yeah. So I Kelly was actually one of the first clients I think that we put through our quote unquote pipeline. The jump start, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it started at the very beginning. I worked with her for I would guess about a year. No, I you were with her. I think it was longer than that. Well, I've worked with her multiple different times because she's come back to me for reverse and off season oh, and then gone right. back to that's you. Right. That's so right. I don't I don't entirely remember, but um you know she's definitely one of the superstars on the team for sure for a lot of reasons that you know, she has stuck it out for so long and, you know, she started, she's tiny, like five feet tall and had, I want to say it was like 25 to 30 pounds to lose when we first started. And mm-hmm. she, wasn't, she was in the one thirties when, when she, yeah. when she started with us and it was you know, she was young. Um, she still is young, but she was even younger back then. And it wasn't that she was overweight or obese or anything like that, but she had what I would probably call like the American physique. It was, it's just, you know, high fat content um, on her body. Her diet consisted of a lot of processed foods and alcohol. And, yeah, booze. <laughs> yeah, and because that fit her lifestyle at the time and you know, high stress, low sleep, kind of just doing everything upside down. And um, you know, she really has turned absolutely all of that around a thousand percent and accomplished a whole lot in her life as well as doing this. She, she got her MBA, I believe she just mm-hmm. 
she's either finishing or has almost finished. She's finished. Bought a house, changed jobs. She's also a horse person. So she's been a pursuit or she picked that back up again, I'll say, um, and is doing a lot of writing. Yeah. She teaches every Saturday too. She teaches and she's going to start writing competitively when this is over. We're already making horse dates together. Um, So anyway, yeah, that's, that's Kelly's story. Everybody has probably heard about her a ton on the team, but this is the first time she has gotten back on stage after winning her pro card in June of 2019. Yep. Is that right? Yep. At the OCB West Virginia show. Time is such a weird, a weird beast. I know recently. So yeah. So this was her first time on stage. She competed as an amateur. Mm-hmm. despite having the pro card, but yeah, talk about her prep this time around. Yeah. So, um, she had a nice long off season again. So we, t- I mean, I just want to accentuate the things that people do, right. She competed in June, 2019. It is now August, 2021. So she took, there was a solid two years and then some between shows. Mm-hmm. That means a solid year and a half of not dieting basically, mm-hmm. uh, give or, give or take. Um, so uh, this is another one. We actually planned to put her on stage in May. She was actually going to hit the pro stage at the OCB, uh, Catonsville Conquer because they had women's pro there. So we started, I think we started November ish and things were not going well. Not that Kelly wasn't sticking to her diet. Kelly is very on point with what she does in- incredibly like I-, I couldn't ask for more but she was struggling tremendously with digestion um her hormones were pretty out of whack so we actually um worked with um allison uh, Farenbeck on her digestion for a couple of months um helped to get things in a better place because allison is a uh, pretty good expert on digestive stuff we did a podcast with allison on um, that. So if you're interested, take a listen. So that really helped to get things moving, but we had to take a step back. So we decided getting on state, we had to take a couple of months off of prep, kind of go into a maintenance phase while we, while we sort of got her digestion on the right track. And then once we did, once we got that solid, and it took probably three or four, probably three months of in that like maintenance phase, But what's interesting is when we optimized her sleep and we optimized her digestion with the food she was eating, so she did have to get really restrictive with foods to keep her digestion optimized, Um, when we optimized everything without me changing macros or adding any cardio, her weight just started going on its own. And I was Mm -hmm. like, now we know we're in a good place. And we decided on shows for the fall. Um, And then you know, things really just started, you know, moving from there. And she made, you know, really, really good progress where she had really stalled because really, because her digestion was all over the place. Um, so we got that taken care of. Um, and you know, the other thing through this prep that was, so, you know, in her, in her first prep, she was not managing her stress. She was all over the place. She was not managing her digestion. She was constipated on the regular, maybe got to go to the bathroom once or twice a week. That, that just horrendous. Um, so this prep and because of the work she did with you and on her own in the off season, right. Of, you know, learning the stress management techniques Mm -hmm. and, um, 
she does a lot of self-reflection. She does a lot of organizing and planning and, you know, and, and really working on the stress, the, her stress management, because she's a very high anxiety person. And um, so this prep, that was her focus. She just, she did meditation every single day. She journaled. She did a lot of self-reflection. She did a lot of deep breathing. She made sure she got adequate sleep. She made sure she said no to things so she did not overschedule herself. Um, She worked really hard to not take on other people's stress because she's, you know, does that a lot too. Um, so she really optimized everything, everything we talk about from a life athlete perspective. And oh, by the way, Kelly's been to our retreat twice, right? So it's like, she really has soaked up every aspect of everything that we do. I mean, if, if that's why I think we talk about her so much, cause she's literally done it all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, and, and things got a little, um, started to slow down as we got closer to the stage, which is normal, but, um, she came in looking the best that she's looked so far. Um, we, you know, we really have to toy with what we do with Kelly because her body likes to give me the middle finger on a regular basis and just do weird shit sometimes. So, um, we're trying to tweak things for her next her actual pro debut. So let me back up for a second. Let's go back to the show. Cause I got ahead of myself. Um, she competed in open cause that's all she could do. Cause she has her pro card, but in case anybody doesn't know, as long as you have not yet competed as a pro, you can still compete as an amateur because she's only competed once in her life. She did not want to just go right onto a pro stage. She wanted to do a warm up. That's why we did this as an amateur. She placed first in her bikini A class. There were three classes, so there was an A, B, and C. She went up against the B and C winners for the overall, um, and uh, she did not win the overall, um, but the fact that she won her her class and she definitely was in the mix for the overall for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, in fact, I'd be willing to bet she got at least one or two votes from judges in that, you know, to place first. Um, but that it definitely showed us that we're on the right path and she belongs on the pro stage. I mean, she was, she was right up there in the mix, Oh yeah, which is what we were doing with the show. So next show will, her pro debut will be September 11th at the, uh, Norfolk OCB, Norfolk, uh, OCB, Apex, 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 something, (laughs) Apex, something in Norfolk. Um, but yeah, she looked gorgeous. I mean, always, you know, she actually took her original suit and just added bling to it so much so that I was like, there is no way that's the same suit. Yeah. She, I was trying to convince her. I was like, it's not the same suit. Kira made you a whole different suit. <laughs> and if you look at it close, I'm like, oh, that is the same fabric. It just looked completely different. Yeah. So she looked um, gorgeous though, like as always. And there, it was tough, tough, tough competition, especially in the overall it was tough. The, Those the girls were that, rock hard. The girl she was in the overall. Yeah, I mean, and the was, woman that went overall won everything. Everything. Well, well deserved. You know, I saw her backstage and was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was well deserved. She was gorgeous. Kelly, you know, but the two were very tall compared to Kelly. And it was just a matter of like what you liked as a judge to look at. She looked like the giant slayer on the, cause I was like, right. she's so tiny compared to the other two winners. So tiny cause the others were at the, like towards, I think the top of the, the height. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, she did great. I think it's going to be a great season. It's that's a great kickoff to fall, which is hard to believe it's fall. Yeah. I hate calling August fall, but you know, I got up this, you know, 
I am already feeling, because when I would get up, I normally get up at 5.30, and by 6, it's already, like, light enough in my bedroom I can make the bed without turning the light on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And this morning, I was like, what the fuck time is it? Why is it still so dark outside? I have to turn my light on to make my bed. I know that sounds silly, but I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not ready. I Yeah, it's happening. It's happening. I'm not, it's crappening. Um... So yeah, so great show. Uh, congratulations to Bobby and Jess Cavino. Um, another really great show. So cannot wait for the OCB Chesapeake, which is in their normal venue, which will be great. Nope. Yep. Chesapeake. <sighs> I'm always wanting to call Chesapeake and Catonsville. I, get, yeah. I just, I want to interchange the two ones in the spring, ones in the fall, two different promoters. Um, so yeah, so we have that coming up. Our next show, like I said, is August 28th. We have Masters Pro. Tina Fryer-Jones is making her pro debut as a master's pro and we have Charlene hitting the stage again and um our client Lindsay Saver is making her debut with us now she has competed before but um she's got there's a podcast on Lindsay too one of mm -hmm. the empowerment series so if you want to learn about Lindsay check her out um so they're coming up on August 28th oh I cannot forget shit Brandy so there was another show on Saturday, which was the um, OCB Divine Muscle Classic in Atlanta, Georgia, and our client Katrina. Her name is spelled Katarina, and but she goes by Katrina Spiridova, and um, she actually did really well. I was trying to keep up with her and her online and everybody else in person on Saturday, but she placed third in her novice class and first in her open class. Um, so she did really well. She looked phenomenal, what I could see in pictures, even despite having a absolute nervous breakdown from a, a, a P versus tan emergency the Friday <laughs> night before the show. Oh, she did great, though. She yeah. is gorgeous, gorgeous. No, she's, she is drop-dead gorgeous. And that was uh, her last show probably for a long time because um, she is in – she just got married. She is in military school. She is getting um, – She's going to Germany in October. Um, so she'll be stationed in Germany in the military. And I think they want to like start having babies and, you know, just like real life. And so I think she's hanging up the heels for a while after this. But that's always like a good way to do it, right? Like <clears throat> if you're going to have one show or whatever to win it is the way to do it. Yeah, she did great. I mean, she didn't win the overall. I think there were two. I think it was an ABC situation. And she won her. She won her her division. She so. won her class. Yeah, so she got she got first place in her class. Yeah, so, I was happy, so congratulations happy for, her, for that. her too. Anything? Any other new news updates going on? Not really. I guess we'll pop back on here sometime in the fall <laughs> to talk about the other shows. Yep. Some other shows. And don't forget, listen to the eight part series, the uh, fit fanny project. Yeah. Um, you can binge all eight. Um, it really is an incredible series. And if you're listening to this um, and you're not interested in competing and you really just want to change your life, change your lifestyle, um, you know, have better mental and physical fitness, listen to that because that is really, I mean, you, re you really put it into, you put it into better words than I do, but like, that's like, that's the hard work people don't realize you have to do to make the kind of changes that you, that people you need to make. Right. I mean, like, yeah. can you give like a short, quick synopsis of it for anybody who maybe is listening to this, but hasn't listened to any of our other podcasts? I mean, it's simply following 
basically live me coaching a client from the street to where she is right now. Um, it is not a prep client. She's not getting it on the stage right now. But uh, what I think, like you said, with the value of listening to it play by play, it's a check-in about once a month, is it gives people, first of all, a sense of what we do in our process, which we could talk about it till we're blue in the face. I think it doesn't always make sense to people who haven't experienced coaching, what coaching really is Mm -hmm. and, and what it should be and what it should be and how much of it is, um, is learning to deal with the crap that happens along the way and finding out it's okay. And I've been getting a lot of feedback from all sorts of people, which I just really love, like people stopping me in the street and saying, I listened to the, listen to the, um, series. And it's so fascinating to hear them give me feedback on what really resonated with them. And it's often like, it's often the stress, um, you know, like I, I live at a 10. I didn't realize it. I didn't, I didn't realize it to listening to the series, like how much stress I have and how negatively it's impacting what I'm trying to do. Um, and also people learning to deal with quote unquote failures and not view it as a failure, but view it all part of the process. Right. And that you continue on no matter what, because for the mainstream person who's tried to diet 50,000 times, it's not effective because you can't do it for a week. You know, you do it for a week, something bad happens, you throw your hands up, you quit. And just really hearing somebody who has lived that mainstream process go through the effort to change that thinking and achieve something that otherwise wasn't achievable. So Hope everybody listens to it. I really had a great time making it and I think it's impactful. So I had, I enjoyed listening to it and I think it's incredibly impactful and um, you know, and for people to understand that we don't, we don't just coach bodybuilders, right? I mean, we, we have a whole um, side of our coaching business that is not bodybuilders at all. Has nothing Um, to do with it. And, you know, you know, if, if that's something that sort of resonates with you, if you just want to, you know, feel better, right. You want to stop the yo-yo. You want to get off the yo-yo train. You want to make permanent changes, you know, life, lifelong lifestyle changes. That's what it's about. Um, yeah. Or just learn something, learn more. You know, you might learn something about yourself. Like worst case scenario, you leave with more information than what you started with about, how to live your life better. So anyway, yeah. check everybody, check out that series. I think it's worth a listen if I say so myself. And there's one last thing I want to say, and I did not want to forget to say this, but we had a moment on Saturday that to me, like everything about the show was wonderful. But at the end of the show, I'm sitting in my chair and this woman, it's an, I'm, it's dark oh, and yeah. it's dark. And by the way, everybody's wearing masks. So I have a hard time seeing with my action, with my eyeballs, I just don't see well <laughs> in the dark with a mask on. This woman comes up to me. She's like, I know you're working. I just want to let you know that your book and the podcast, it, it saved my life this year. And she runs off. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Who, who was that? I was like, was that a client? Should I have recognized her? I was like, oh my God, who was that? And it, it, it just, it like struck me. And then I was so bothered that I don't know who it was. And she literally like ran off. And so when we were out in the lobby after the show ended and it's packed in the lobby, we're trying to take pictures at the banner and I look over and I'm like, 
that's her. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, and I don't, I don't know her. She doesn't know us. Um, and I've already forgotten her name. Brandy, do you remember? So I was going to ask you before we came on in my mind, she told me her name was Yvonne. That's that in my, in my mind, it was Yvonne too. And if not, I hope you're listening because I want you to reach out, but I want her to, and I know Eric actually even saw her in the parking garage and told her, he's like, you don't have any idea. You, you, you made my wife stay today. Oh, like, cause sweet. I mean, and she just, she was in tears. Yeah. I think they were happy tears. Really um, cool. I'm going to get choked up. I think I got teared up, but she was just talking about, she wanted to get on stage and how like finding our, you know, what to expect when you're competing book and listening to the podcast and just understanding that shit basically shit happens. Like she had to have a plan B cause her plan A didn't work out. And you know, there was something with coaching and something, you know, she had to switch coaches or something, but um, whatever it was, we had such a tremendous impact on her that, I mean, I'm so glad she, I'm so glad she told us that because, you know, you and I do this podcast thing. And I mean, I, I think it's, I think what we do is good. We don't have a ton of listeners, but shit, if I can impact one person like that, I don't need 50,000 listeners. Like I, that, that just, that got me. I, I was just, I was just so, I'm so grateful that she, took the time to tell us that. Yeah, and, it was really neat. That and, was really, really neat. And if you're listening, which I hope you are, you know, please reach out. Cause actually, you know, Brandy and I were talking like, we have like two spots left in our retreat. And I think, you know, if it's something you're interested in, um, please reach out to us because we would, I think we would love to have you. And it sounds like you would be like a tremendous, um, you'd have a, a tremendous time at the, at the retreat. If it's something you're interested in anyway, reach out and thank you for reaching. Thank you for contacting us. And, and yeah. cause it really made my day. That was um, a really cool moment. It was. Um, anyway, so I think, I think that's it. I think that's it for now. Yeah. And we'll pop back in with some more show reviews or if anything else, life shattering or earth changing happens, mm-hmm. all of the above, all of the above <laughs> in the meantime, shattering the earth. <laughs> yeah. And, um, all right. So don't get weird. Use your head. It'll all be okay. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you like to stream your favorites. Bye.